ham and egg. Ham. Egg. Ham. And egg. Ham. Egg. Ham. And egg. Ham. Egg. Ham. And egg. Ham. Egg. Ham and egg. It is January 31st, Friday. It's ham and egg, and we got Russ Belleville in the studio. Uh, I'm recording this intro after the podcast because I didn't record it correctly the first time. So uh, you're going to jump into this conversation right when Russ Belleville, Radical Russ, with the Idaho Cannabis Coalition, IdahoCan.co, C-A-N-N, is right in the middle of the story talking about his uh, tour across Idaho uh, and hitting every county with his, his dad in the car. So... We hope you enjoy. This is a great podcast uh, and maybe get involved with these guys and see if we can't help them uh, get more signatures. Drove my father, John Belleville, the chief petitioner, uh, to all 44 counties in Idaho. So I'm really good at the license plate game now. Yeah. Have you? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, 8B. That's, a, that's a Bonneville. <laughs> yeah. I love that game, actually. Yeah. Yes. And for those of those not... Knowing Idaho, there's you know a lot of our Idaho listeners, but people that listen to us that aren't here, it's a huge fucking state. Yeah, I think we're the eighth largest state by land mass, yeah. and one of the tallest. I think we're like you know like California's eight. You can go from the north of California right. and you hit mile marker seven ninety eight. I think yeah. Idaho up there to the top, you're up in the five hundred, so or big time. close to it. Well, I mean, it borders Nevada in the south and Canada in the north, so <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's a pretty big state and. Uh, the roads, it doesn't. It's not always easy to get from point A to point B, especially oh, no. from south to north. So we when were, you're, we were pretty lucky in that we seem to avoid any major winter problems, even going up to Chalice and yep. and, and Salmon up in those uh, uh, great, beautiful mountain. Oh, ranges. it's awesome! I've made that uh, drive many times. Yeah, yeah, it's beautiful. Yep. Yeah, that was quite the uh, journey that you had there. Yeah, it was it was quite eye opening because we found a ton of support everywhere we went. Even going to the the southeastern Idaho counties, you know, going to places like Rigby yeah, and Rexburg. Yeah, you're yeah. telling me they were they were inviting. The, the, yeah, the people were very very uh, welcoming and, and and wanting to to sign this petition. Although we did have more people honking, waving, and giving thumbs up than stopping, especially when say the Rexburg Police Department would park a couple of cruisers across the street watching us of course so the intimidation that's out there still exists and and yeah we did get an occasional bird now and then flipped at us and and which is is always interesting to me it's (laughs) like we're just petitioning to put it on the ballot right right this you don't have to vote for it you know people sometimes people come up and they say well is this pro medical marijuana i said well technically no No. right it's just putting it on the ballot and then and that's so sometimes i joke hey if you hate medical marijuana Put this on the ballot and vote against it and show how Idaho hates medical marijuana. Yeah, oh, I like that. Technique. That's a good. That's a great idea. I love that approach. Of course, they back down because they know if it's the ballot, it will pass. Yeah. You think it will? Absolutely. Our our polling shows consistently over the past five or six years, over 70 percent support among the people of Idaho. Yeah, I I. I I hope you. Uh, I'm rooting for you. You know, just like when Bill was on, um, nobody's more on your side than we are. Uh, it needs to pass. I just. Uh, I'm such a uh, contradict. I just don't think that Idaho is ever going to do it. Like we're such a backward state. It's uh, so it is disheartening in that South Dakota is the only other state like us that abs- has absolute ban on anything THC. Yep. So even Wyoming has a low THC CBD law, whereas as long as it's below like 0.3%, you can still use a THC if it's with CBD that's over a certain percent. 
Idaho and South Dakota are the only places Hard that don't stop. have that. And South Dakota has already qualified not just medical, but also recreational for their 2020 ballot. Oh, did it's they really? Already, yeah, they're already on the ballot. Good. Mississippi has qualified medical marijuana for their 2020 ballot, which means if we don't make it for this 2020, Idaho and Nebraska will be the only two states with initiative power to have never put it on the ballot. Hmm. Wow. That's impressive. Okay, so I, I got to reset it here for yeah. just a second. So uh, now that we're talking, we're getting in the groove of things. Yeah. Uh, Bill, you're here today. I know I'm, you're pushing. I'm Russ. Or Russ. You're pushing. <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, sorry. Uh, you're pushing to get petitions, right? Like yes. you need them back in-house. You want to yes. get signatures counted. So just kind of set the script. What are you hoping to accomplish? What, what are you trying to get out there? Okay, so what the Idaho Cannabis Coalition has always been about is being the volunteer army in support of the Idaho Medical Marijuana Act. But okay. we've never taken any uh, uh, illusions that we are the only part of this puzzle. Yeah. The way we see it as volunteers is our job is to collect all of the incoming support of people who are actively involved and want to see this pass and to provide the cushion of signatures needed to overcome any sort of uh, uh, invalidated signatures or, or problems with the signature gathering. But we've always known from the beginning that this will never get on the ballot without professional signature gathering operation, without money. Right. And that takes money. Right. We're not talking you know, $5 here, $5 there. We're talking in the six figures worth of money yeah. to be able to go get the votes that are the heart, the signatures of the people who do want to sign, but it's not in their top 10 things of their things they're concerned about. They're not going to go out to a place to go actively seek a, a place to sign. Right. But if you knocked on their door, and said, hey, there's medical. Oh, yeah, they'd sign immediately. Yeah. We don't have the resources to pull that off. There are not enough volunteers to canvas all of the neighborhoods to do what a professional signature gathering operation can do. So we've pushed the boulder, I'd say, as far as we can push it uphill as a volunteer organization. And now it's time for the national organizations, the national funders to step up and kick in the type of fundraising money we need to be able to get that professional signature gathering operation to take it to the final step. And, okay. and the other thing that's difficult about this is Idaho maintains uh, a district requirement. See, we have to collect 55,057 signatures, which is 6% of the people who voted in the last gubernatorial or who were registered for the last gubernatorial election, which is 918 some odd thousand people. So Okay, 55,057 statewide. Set up some booths in Boise and Nampa, Twin Falls and Pocatello, you know, you collect, right? Right. But we also have a requirement that says we have to collect 6% of the signatures in at least 18 of the 35 legislative districts in the state of Idaho. Yeah. Well, now that makes it harder. Yeah, it does. Yeah. <laughs> now, in the Boise and Nampa area, you got 13 districts, sure, but then you got to get how many thousands and thousands of signatures as compared to if you went to say, District 8, which encompasses those mountain uh, uh, counties like uh, uh, Lemhi and Custer and, sure. and Boise, where there's, you know, 25,000 square miles, but you'd only need a few hundred signatures to get where you need to get. Right. Yeah. So that extra requirement adds an unnecessary layer and level of cost and complexity to try to get something on the ballot. And I believe it's unconstitutional. It violates one man, one vote. They used to have a, a setup here in Idaho where you had to get 22 out of 44 counties. That was taken to court and found unconstitutional because it made the vote in a small county worth more than a vote in a large county. Well, doesn't a legislative district do the same thing? Well, legislative districts are roughly the same in terms of population. 
but not in terms of geography. Like I said, District 8 right. is 25,000 square miles where there's a district in the north end of Boise that's a few blocks or a bunch of blocks. So yeah. again, we're making votes count more or less based on where they're at. And I believe that's unconstitutional. So yeah. I'm curious, with um, Ontario, our border town, 45 minutes away, now legalized, um, have you found the attitude... Um, in like Ada County and Canyon County, like they're like, nah, it's not a big mm -hmm. deal to them as much. And the guys in Fruitland and Payette County, like they can just drive 10 minutes, 15 minutes and they got their pot. Yeah. It, it, so that, that, that I feel like that's had to have hurt a little bit for your border because there's a big populace here. It's funny you bring that up because Bill and I, who we've mentioned a couple of times on the show, yeah. he's uh, one of our uh, uh, co-captains or co-colonels in this uh, movement. Uh, we're lamenting how we got this fantastic volunteer operation in Twin Falls and in Pocatello and in Idaho Falls and in Moscow, Idaho and in the Coeur d'Alene region and everywhere but Boise. Yeah. And you'd think, hey, here we're in a metro area with 709,000 people. And you'd think there'd be dozens and scores of people wanting to volunteer for this. And yet... Gosh, oh, gosh, I got a football game. Oh, gee whiz, uh, my, I got to go to a dinner. Oh, no, I, I got something to do. Because they can just drive an hour to Ontario. Yeah. I feel they, like that's sort of how we treat sports, too, outside of, like, Bronco Nation. <laughs> uh, like, all, all of our other sports teams are just so, it's so finicky out there yeah. these days, right? So it has been frustrating in Boise area uh, um, and, and the Nampa Caldwell area. Yeah. Uh, although, and we heard this many a time when we were out collecting signatures on that tour, is in fact one of my running gags was um, uh, sign the petition for medical marijuana in Idaho because driving to Ontario sucks. <laughs> yeah, that's perfect. <laughs> yeah. And like some that. people would laugh and say, "Oh yeah, we go to Ontario to get this, or we go to Ontario to get that." And I just think, "Wow, Idaho, you're willing to let all this tax revenue flow over to Ontario? Right. Ontario does a million dollars a year. Why isn't that part tax? of what we're talking about? Why it's is, so silly. That's got to be part of the conversation. Well, it, 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 we were having this conversation. Yeah. Idaho." You know, they, they think they're such a great business state. Well, right. go tax the shit out of it. Make some money. <laughs> yeah. uh, and I was thinking, doesn't Lake County, I mean, they must not be real hip either because they can just go across over to Spokompton anytime they want yeah. and, and get there uh, because, and, and they're a blue, and they're the only one of the only other blue counties. So that's got to but, but up in Moscow, you got University of Idaho and yeah. more of a college town feel. Yeah. So there is, is that level of extra. But can't they just go over to Pullman? They do, yeah, but they're still very much in support because their yep. law enforcement is kind of. Uh, oh, I know. I, I, there for that, I had so. a family member maybe get yeah set up by these <laughs> fine Moscow uh, cops up there. They they do that. They that's a good revenue generator for oh, Moscow yeah. police up there. And and that's you know that speaking of the revenue aspect of that because you know our Idaho Medical Marijuana Act says you know we will tax medical marijuana at four percent with uh, once we cover the cost of the program. The rest of it is split 50-50 between the general's, general fund and veteran services. So there are people in our movement, though, who object to the idea of taxing medical marijuana at all. Right. In fact, one of our, you know, right. our co-partners uh, in this, uh, my partner, Lori, uh, she's a medical marijuana advocate, and she's against the idea of taxing medical marijuana at all. Right. But there are I see realities. both sides. I, I see the side of that. Yeah, I really do. There are, there are realities of it. We have to tax it at least enough to pay for the program itself. So. Sure. Right. Sure. I think, and I think that's fair, right? Like, uh, again, whatever makes it more tangible, right? Like, what, what's our likelihood of success well, uh, to getting it in place? And if, it, but I hear you on, there is a definitely an argument not to tax it. Yeah. Right? Well, Russ, so um, back to like the, the national organizations, are you talking yeah. about normal? Are you talking about the guys yeah, like that? I mean, yeah, well, yeah we're talking, and, and also, you know, uh, George Soros, Open Society right. Institute, Drug Policy Foundation, yeah. you know, any, any, uh, Dr. Bronner's. Sure. 
anybody with the, the deep pockets who's, who have been contributing to these marijuana initiatives over time, uh, this is the last piece of the puzzle. You know, if, if you flip Idaho, the West is done. Yeah. Right. The, the West is done. You're, 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 I mean, all our border states, basically. I mean, it, it's easy. Uh, yeah. We are it's surrounded. silly. It's silly. And again, <laughs> the sheer numbers, a million dollars. And um, I may or may not have been to one of those dispensaries up there. There's a lot of 1A plates up there. Oh, yeah. 2C plates. The, that, that's Idaho money leaving Idaho. Mm-hmm. And, and just for that reason alone, when you and talk about a million, could you imagine in Ada County how much money Ada County would make if they had it? And to, to, to put a finer point on this for the consumer's uh, point of view. All right. So you're going to drive the 50 or 60 miles to Ontario and the 50 or 60 miles back, 50 miles back. So you're making a hundred, hundred mile round trip on your car. For me, that's a third of a tank of gas. So there's yeah. a cost there. Yeah. Number two, the risk cost of you could get pulled over at any time and you will be put in the system and 10, $20,000 later after lawyers and right. probations right. and stuff. Right. And then number three, that when you're going to Ontario and getting that ounce of weed, how much is it costing you? Right. right. I'll tell you what, it's not costing what it costs in Portland, Oregon. No, I we yeah. <laughs> So if you want to lower the cost, end the risk, and stop yeah. putting so many miles on your car, sign this petition. No, I, I'm with you. Right. I'm with Seems you. Seems silly. I'm on uh, so the marijuana policy project on uh, January 13th this year. They just like they had a little posting about 2020 medical in Idaho or whatever. Mm-hmm. But then it ends like uh, the little paragraph with a reference to our hemp legalization and getting that caught up, which do you think there's any sort of like uh, maybe if momentum can, so if that actually comes to fruition, does it help the, the medical marijuana cause at all, right? It's sort it of does. a litmus test, right? It, it does in an incremental fashion or is sometimes what we call in the movement a baby step. Yeah. Right. Uh, Very, it would bring Idaho <laughs> hemp law up to what the federal right. government now right. allows. Silly. <laughs> Silly. Like, like Idaho's going to punish uh, hemp worse than the feds. Right. Yeah. And, and for those who don't know, the definition of hemp, hemp and marijuana are just cousins of the same cannabis plant. It's just that hemp is bred in such a way that it has less than 0.3% THC, three tenths of 1% THC, which is the, the uh, cannabinoid, one of 64 or more cannabinoids that causes what we call the high that you get from marijuana. But also what has been now, generally when we think hemp, it's always been prized as an industrial crop. You think hemp for victory from 1942 and long stalks of of this reedy plant that you can use to make cloth and canvas and, and all sorts of things, plastics even. But now with the CBD craze going on, like it has they're they're starting to change the breeding of these hemp plants to breed short flowery, hemp plants that produce big buds that don't have a lot of THC in them. They're mostly CBD to get that medicinal CBD out of it. And that's, of course, the the saga we had with the trucker that came here through right. Idaho hauling that kind of hemp. And yeah. it looks like buds. It yeah. looks like weed and yeah. it smells like Because it's like all flowery weed. and it looks exactly like it. Yes. So if Idaho updates their law to say that less than 0.3% THC is legally hemp and comports it with the 2018 farm bill federally that says anything that you're extracting from hemp is okay. Right. Then that CBD uh, craze that we've been seeing in Idaho takes off even further because now that CBD can have a scant amount of THC in it. Right. The reason your CBD products are so expensive in Idaho right now is they have to be 0% THC. Right. right. And the problem is now CBD is great, but it works better in concert with THC, yeah. even just a tiny little bit of it. You know, that, uh, 
the Charlotte girl who had the seizures that was on the yeah. CNN special. Her her Charlotte's Web oil has a scant amount of THC oh, yeah. in it, and many patients have found when they try just plain CBD, it works all right, but never as good as mixing the THC with it. My dad included, as far as the yeah. uh, the patient profiles go, and so that will just uh, increase for those who need CBD. It'll make it so much better for them, and should bring the price down because now manufacturers don't have to try to get zero percent right, THC. Right. Isn't it sort of uh I don't know if you know, but in in the growing process, that THC it, it's sort of finicky, right? Like uh, con- conditions of the plant, how long you, sure. you know, leave it in the soil. It's, I've heard. I have no idea though, right? But yeah, it's it, it's a hard to control thing. Yeah, when you're now my my partner Lori, she's the master grower, and so she would answer these questions much better. But I yeah. can give you a primer, which is the THC is part of the uh, of the female plant trying to uh, uh, trying to receive pollen. It's okay. it's sex is yeah, what's right. going on here. Yeah. And so that female plant, the, the growers will use light deprivation and different light cycles to try to stimulate more of that production of oh, THC, wow. which comes on the leaves and the buds as these little things called trichomes. When you look yeah. at them with a, a magnifying glass, they kind of look like little mushroom heads and they're little clear things that as the plant is maturing through the process. Uh, get milkier and more amber colored and so depending on what point of that color spectrum you've harvested the plant can make a difference as far as how much thc is involved in that plant uh that's the basics sure no no you uh he's taking notes over there yeah yeah, i like it though i love it um Episode 33 was when Bill came in studio and talked the first time. So okay. these sort of go in concert. Uh, yeah, for those of you out yeah, there. Yeah, that was our first introduction to this this movement. Um, How is the hemp shop doing? Yeah. Oh, uh, Boise Hemp World. Yes, uh, that's our headquarters for the Idaho Cannabis Coalition. So if you want to come in and sign a petition, you can come right out there. Open Monday through Saturday, uh, 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. We've got every county. So no, no matter where you live in Idaho, you can come in and sign for your particular county. Uh, and so Boise Hemp World's in the Northgate Shopping Center, uh, Glenwood and State, or between the Mongolian Barbecue and the Mad Huban Indian Cuisine. Yep. Yeah. Which is doing wonders for my waistline. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so come into the shop because, uh, you know, there's a lot of places around town that are selling CBD. Right. Right. From gas stations to That's hair everywhere. salons or whatever. But uh, we're not just a CBD shop, although we've got an amazing array of CBD products, creams and salves and tinctures and pain patches and honey and chocolates and everything you could possibly want. But me and Bill and Lori are all longtime marijuana activists uh, with skin in the game. We've, between the three of us, 50 years of experience. Bill and, and Lori have actually been prosecuted for this. Bill's actually done time for this. Yeah, he mentioned that. And so we've been involved for a long time and, and we're about the entire cannabis plant and all of its possible uses. Yeah. And so more than just selling CBD and we also sell hemp, we got hemp clothing and hemp backpacks and hemp leashes and hemp dog toys and all sorts of hemp things and tie dye things too. <laughs> but it's also a, a mission for us. It's a mission of educating the public of ending the stigma of, of people, uh, people that use this plant and, right. and the plant itself. We have a slideshow that's running on our screen that tells the 10,000 year history of cannabis and hemp and yeah. ha- has all these quotes and, and references for you. Uh, we've got posters explaining the benefits of CBD and, and uh, showing the support for marijuana legalization. So it's more than just CBD to us. This is a mission. This is a life's calling for the three of us. And I hope you all Come by and visit and support us. Absolutely. You can also find us online at boisehempworld.com.
Nice. Uh, I I just worry or I, I wonder how we. I know there's there's a stigma out there in, in Boise, right? Like that that sort of pure. I don't want to say puritanical. Puritanical. No, or whatever, you can. It's like, a very conservative. I mean, it's it, there's, there's no way around. Idaho is a conservative state, but, but even with the influx of the the people that are moving into the state are conservative. That's what people they, they don't mm-hmm. realize. It's not it's not the hippies coming from San Francisco, no, but man. It's, also it's been all the conservative folks from California and Oregon and Washington. Fifty years though. Fifty years of brainwashing. I like. I don't want to throw like family members in, but like just like there's there's a certain perception, right? Well, that's like, my point with the conservative. And, and, and but I don't think that anybody's done research in the last you know thirty years. That well, has I was that, about to say right? is that like how if can you, you don't understand? Well, if you don't understand the benefits of CBD now in this day and age, yeah. then you really haven't. You're burying your head in the sand, yeah. yeah, because it's out there. It's so prevalent. It, it's everywhere you go. Um, it's talked about CBD, and and so. It, if, if that conservative person doesn't want to do their homework, which I'm glad you're out there trying to educate, because they need it. It's a huge it, part it, of it's, it. It's ignorance. I mean, it's funny. They'll put themselves on an opioid, uh, which will get them addicted, and it's terrible for them as opposed to maybe a CBD product that's going to just take care. Like, it's it's mind-boggling to yeah. me. That one thing about uh, the CBD movement that has concerned me, though, is there now seems to be this bifurcation of people that will say, oh, well, CBD, that's the medical part. Well, no, 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 no. THC is also medical. The the whole plant is medical. And we need to uh, beware of rhetorically separating them as if THC is bad and and wicked and and CBD is good and wholesome. Uh, As an example, you're talking about the opioids. My dad, the chief petitioner for the Idaho Medical Marijuana Act, suffers from peripheral neuropathy since 1999. Pain on a 10 out of 10 scale. Can't sleep at night. Shooting fiery pains in his legs. So doctors prescribe opioids. Oxycontin Mm -hmm. and Dilaudid and Percocet. He has to try all these different ones. And of course, they have a side effect of constipation or fog. So there's another pill for that, right? So pump pill after pill after pill to the point where they finally got him on 60 milligrams of morphine dose. Jesus. 60 milligrams. And he said that would bring his pain from a 10 to a 5. And he still couldn't sleep very well at night. And and he said his brain's all fogged up, which is a killer to me because my dad's keenly intelligent right. and so to see him in that old man fog was yeah. just killing me so uh he i was living in portland at the time he comes over to visit me he tells me all of this he's how you doing dad oh my god my pain my neuropathy blah, blah. i'm on this morphine I'm like well try some weed yeah <laughs> we just try some yeah, weed. please now you got to understand, my dad is 39 years sober, recovered drug and alcohol addict, who yeah. went back to college and became a drug and alcohol counselor right. in the 80s. Just yeah, say Jeff, no, Nancy. Just say Reagan, no. Right? Thanks, Nancy. Yeah. That's when I was a yeah. teenager, yeah, right? Say, up same age. Yep. So uh, so to convince him to try this, you know, and, and in, in a sense, violate his sobriety was very difficult. Yeah. But I look at him different. I do, too. Yeah. I, look, I look at him completely different. That drinking sobriety and smoking pot, they're yeah, very different. Very different. I've got a buddy that, and he's been on this show. He talked about his meth addiction yeah. uh, at, at length. He, he's sober, but he still smokes pot and drinks. Right. But see, and so, I, and I'm cool with, like, I look at it that I, They're different to me. They're, they are. And, and, and that seems oxymoronic. And intention and purpose, you know, it's just, yeah, it, I yeah, mean, man. you know, when you treat it as a medicine and, and, and as, you know, something like, it's not rececreational no. right like it's not it's yeah you can it's use not it for, anything but what it again, is again I mean if you uh, I, I watched one of my friends die you know dying of cancer and the only he was stuck on oxycontin and it was destroying him even more I yeah. got him weed and he was the happier his appetite went up I mean all you got to do is see it firsthand mm-hmm. and and you're a buyer at that point yeah. the opioids are just a, a mask and again we can talk about all the you know 
conspiratorial that big pharma wants to keep people die because I believe it. They're you know with the insurance companies, it's a hell of a <laughs> sure. lot easier to stuff opioids down people's throats um, as opposed to doing a, a more natural homeopathic. Yeah, uh, and so smoke smoke a weed, man. What with your dad? What what is he doing now? To well, to so manage? so that night yeah. when when he was giving me the the story, I gave to him this tincture, which mm-hmm. is a fifty fifty THC CBD thing, and CBD is anti psychotic, so it counters the high of THC. If you got sure. an e- equal balance, it's a pretty now there is a yes. a little bit of a mood elevation. It was a little back of the head thing, right? Yeah, I mean, but it's yeah. not high. No, high. no. So I said, Dad, squirt this little eyedropper under your tongue, you know, and just you know let it sit there for a second. So he did. And he said it was a miracle. He went down to a zero, like no pain Shut. for the first time in 20 yeah. years. He says, I got the best night's sleep ever. And then he's like, so where do I get this stuff? I said, Oregon. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he goes, oh, can you bring me some? I'm like, no, yeah. <laughs> I am not going to be a felony drug trafficker. Thank right. you very much. I kind of already have a target on my back right. as it is. So that's the long story short of how I convinced him we needed to do a medical marijuana initiative. And I. I kind of said it jokingly. I didn't think he'd take me up on it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, he's first. He's a believer. He's yeah. seen it. Yeah, and that's the thing. His his line is, it works. Yeah. What else do you need to know? Yeah. yeah. It works. And then he always laughs about how uh, people say, well, the high of it, the high, THC is going to get you high. It's like, have you tried morphine? Right. <laughs> have no, you tried Oxycontin? Why, why do people get addicted to that crap? Nobody. Nobody yeah. t- says, oh, well, you know. Oxycontin, yeah, it's yeah. not really medicine because it gets you high. Well, no, it's a medicine. Yeah, but it, it does get you high. Yeah, yeah. and I, I think we've talked about it. I mean, I, I, I like my share of drugs. I've tried them. I was really pumped. Well, not pumped. When I tore ligaments in my ankle, I'm like, okay, they provide me some oxy. Yeah, you know, that's good. I took. I was miserable. I, I flushed them down the toilet. I couldn't stand yeah. the feeling. I forgot, I forgot how horrid it was. Yeah. yeah, it was just it was miserable. And and THC is important. It's important uh, in many medical aspects that CBD doesn't touch. And appetite's one of them mm-hmm. for those yeah. people with chemo or yeah. anorexia or wasting syndrome or yeah. AIDS, and they need that appetite. Yeah. TH, CBD is not going to help. Nope. THC is going to do that for people with uh, severe trauma, uh, PTSD, anxiety, depression type disorders. CBD's all right. THC is really going to do the work. Psychosyllabin's really going to do the work. <laughs> well, there. that's the next big frontier, right? Isn't it? it's a, it, no big time. Yeah. We were just talking. I mean, we. I'm really excited about the the possibilities of that being legalized. I think Colorado's got it right now. Colorado's working on it. Oregon's and, got it. And Cali too. They're right? doing. And a few cities like I think was it Berkeley or Oakland? One of those. It, in it, the Bay. Probably Berkeley, but. Yeah. <laughs> um, be, I mean, but you know, Rogan talked. We, we're big Rogan honks here, and, and he talks about you know uh, with uh, Paul Stamets. If you've ever checked this dude out, mm-hmm. talking about psychosyllabin, yeah, just and 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 how it is helping PTSD, um, you know, uh, veterans. And it's it's interesting too that these uh, these uh, what they call entheogenic substances, uh, plants, right, uh, fungus, yeah, plants, <laughs> uh, uh, cannabis, uh, psilocybin, mescaline, uh, peyote, ayahuasca, these yeah. type of substances. Yeah. Flush from your body relatively quickly, or, or I mean, I mean, stay in your body for uh, you know, cannabis stays in your body for a long time, but the rest of them flush, you know, relatively quickly, yeah. uh, and and they don't seem to cause an addiction problem. You don't hear of people addicted to mushrooms or Ever. addicted no. to ayahuasca, yeah. uh, and, and it's just interesting to me that that we characterize these plants, these natural substances, as something terribly evil. But if we process them somehow and extract certain things, then they're medical. All the time online, I get these prohibitionists that fight back and say things like, well, you know, we've got the medical aspects of cannabis. We've got THC in Marinol and we've got CBD in Epidiolex. I'm like, 
So you're telling me that THC is medical and CBD is medical, but in their natural state together, they're not? Right. How can that possibly right. be? Well, again, it's like saying vitamin C is nutritious for you, but yeah. don't eat an orange. Yeah, ever. So, <laughs> uh, so again, like why the government just needs to realize that we're inviting them to get involved, right? Like we're no longer going to play your racket of misinformation and dis, like deception yeah. surrounding marijuana, right? Like, like we've come, the jig is up. Like, do you guys want to be involved in this or not? The internet has killed reefer madness. Right. Oh, yeah. big time. You can't lie about but, it. But so why is Canada struggling so much with it? Like it went fed there and they're still raiding places. So I, is, I don't understand any of that. This is an interesting development. And, and I got good friends up in Canada that uh, are well enmeshed in this problem. And, I often point it like this is we said two things. We said legalize marijuana, treat it like alcohol. What we didn't say was legalize what people are doing with marijuana now. Right? Like there's a, there's already a incredibly incredible marketing production and dis, production processing marketing and distribution network in marijuana. It's the guy the guy who grows a little weed and he sells to the other guy. We all had a, anybody who was a marijuana smoker. I was a marijuana smoker in Idaho from 1990 to 2003. I was never at want for marijuana. I always had a way or somebody to get it. More expensive than I'd like. Mm-hmm. Not as quality as I'd like. Not as punctual right. as I'd like. You have but, no input. <laughs> yeah, right. You had no input. You got what you got. You get what you get. You don't throw a fit. That's I, mean. why I say I'm from Idaho where we have two strains. Got some and don't. <laughs> <laughs> when I moved here in 92. Yeah, it was uh, challenging. Yeah. So we had this entire system already developed of growers and processors and producers or, or uh, of distributors. At, but we didn't legalize them. Like... Why didn't we legalize in such a way that said to the weed dealer, hey, weed dealer, we need you to fill out this form, pay this little fee and do this report month once a month and you can keep going on weed dealing because in the in the market that already existed, it wasn't like we had a lot of complaints, like we were dying of pesticide exposure or having a lot of problems that way with contamination, because if the guy brought you lousy weed you didn't you buy didn't from buy the guy well, anymore yeah. right well if you're in idaho you didn't have a lot of guys though so <laughs> that's true you look for another guy. you might get yeah. to that the mexican press board stuff and you just deal with it yeah but that's that that is the shame i think so far in legalization is that we decide when we legalized it we didn't legalize it for what it was which is a relatively harmless agricultural product right. and instead legalized it as if it were plutonium well, yeah. and then big big business got involved, right? right? So isn't that what happened in Canada, too? Like all the big money. And oh, the, sure. And then even organized crime uh, gets involved because they see the, the opportunity. And well, quite frankly, uh, when I'm like researching, I, I like to invest in pot stocks, yeah. pot-related stocks. Yeah. Uh, and there's more Canadian uh, investment opportunities uh, mm-hmm. than there are, like, you know, I mean... Then there well, because the feds don't either. recognize yeah, it. Yeah. Until the feds recognize it, how can you even buy stock? Right. Yeah. And it's, it, it is frustrating. A lot of this, uh, um, I call cannabis carpetbaggers, uh, uh, business interests that are coming in that have no interest. They, could, they yeah. couldn't tell an indica from a sativa. They oh, don't yeah. know I Cheech think, from oh. Kumar. They have yeah. no idea. Yeah. But to them, look, there's something that makes money. Right. And they just jump into it. And I think you're going to see a lot of that. Right. I think that's a great idea or just I'd never thought about the perspective of legalize what already exists. There's already yeah. a distribution network. Yeah. Recognize these people as legitimate 
rather than completely build like but people had to get in right they yeah. had to shift Again, the big industry business. Yeah. And, and it's not just you know you mentioned canada and and high barriers to entry and big business getting yeah. in there it's happened in america too in i think massachusetts in order to get, secure yourself some uh license it was a fifty thousand dollar non-refundable application fee followed <laughs> by a, you gotta have, show you have a half million dollar bond and oh you're like my God. i was just there last year and it was already been passed for a year and there were two shops yeah it's, it's ridiculous. It's like in the entire state, dude. Wow. Yeah, they, they, I mean, because of the things, the barriers that were put up. And meanwhile, look at how many CBD shops there are. Now, if marijuana had been legalized like CBD, just, hey, it's not a crime. Have right. at it. Right. And we'd have, a, you know, when you have these oh, problems, it's kind of a half, <laughs> a half step that's been taken. And this is the fear I have is that you take this half step of, le- you legalize, you say, all right, this is legal, you can buy it and you sell it. But then, you let localities ban it. Right. You let a whole swaths right. of a state not have it. You right. put insanely high barriers to entry so people of color and poor people can't get involved in it. You uh, nimby all its locations to the worst neighborhoods in town. Yeah. And so what happens then is the negative externalities of those things get painted as the problem with legalization. Right. Right. And and and, and, and then you overtax and overregulate it so it costs. Right. So much. So then the existing market that already was supplying weed, all it has to do is sell it le- at less price. And so then they say, aha, there's still a black market. Yeah. Legalization didn't solve it. And look at all these problems it caused. No, the problem it's caused is you didn't legalize it enough. Yeah. Like where th- th- this complaint, oh, uh, they legalized in Colorado and the black market is still uh, burgeoning. Okay. The answer to that question is, where's the black market beer market? Where's the beer black market? Well, there is no beer black market. Why is that? Because anybody who wants a beer can get one at any time, (laughs) anywhere for low price. Exactly right. (sighs) No, no. Hey, I've wanted to legalize all drugs for quite some time because I think it'll just eradicate a hell of a lot of problems in a lot of areas if you just make everything accessible. I, I have a very Idaho view on this. I think all guns and drugs should be legal but they should be increasingly strictly regulated based on their potential for harm to self and society. Perfect. So you want weed and a BB gun? Great. Have fun. Yep. You want a AR-15 and some heroin? There's going to be some paperwork. And, <laughs> and you know what? I'm good with that. Right. Yeah. I, I, that, that backgrounds? Yeah, just do it the right way. Yeah. But I, I, that's, the, the, that's been a, an amazing thing to me because, like I said, I grew up in, in Idaho. Uh, Nampa, Idaho, Boise State. I was the last Buster Bronco on green turf, by the way. Oh, there you go. Oh, nice. Yeah, I actually never got to wear the costume and was never on the turf, but (laughs) I was the freshman backup to the senior who was the guy. So technically, I was the last guy who could have been Buster Bronco. There you go. But anyway, so born and raised in Idaho, very libertarian. I was in the National Guard. My, My folks hunt and my cousins all hunt, all that, right? And... Here, I got the nickname Radical Russ because I had these radical, crazy views like drugs should be legal and, and gay people should have rights. And <laughs> we ought to treat minorities better. You know, yeah. crazy radical views. Yes. Radical. And so then I moved to Portland, Oregon. And you were just normalized. <laughs> and I yeah. got involved with normal and doing uh, marijuana work. And in Portland, Oregon, it was like, oh, my God, he likes football, eats meat, and yeah. drives an SUV. Ah, oh, conservative. Right. Yeah. <laughs> he hunts. He, so, yeah. yeah, so I've got this mixed view on things, and, and sometimes it comes out when I'm t- I, I think, JJ fish, I think, I think JJ's think, kind of more of, like, I mean, no, he, he likes to hunt and fish and, and you know. But I went it, to the University of Oregon for my freshman year, yeah. so yeah. I had a very similar experience. Sure. I came running back with my tail between legs. I thought I was a Democrat. <laughs> right. And, it, you know, and I, and I still believe that I am, but, uh, oh, I don't know that I said that, but. Yeah, uh, you did. <laughs> 
it's just yeah, it's just a different world over there. Yeah, and and, and for a state, this, the thing that kills me is that this is a state where you can get on your motorcycle without a helmet, ride eighty miles an hour out to the illegal fireworks store with right, an AR fifteen right. strapped so, to your back with a hundred round magazine that you can walk into the Capitol with. Yeah, but we're worried about weed. Yeah. Right. We don't think people can well, responsibly handle weed. Well, he took it. I mean, he, even the CBD for the kit. I mean, oh yeah. He, I mean, come on. They, Otter, they, they've the Otter. The Otter was same horrible. year that Butch Otter vetoed a CBD oil law for little epileptic kids, yeah. claiming he was worried about public safety right. and possible of criminal misuse. And that was he that also long signed ago. a bill that allowed pop up exploding cyanide traps to kill wolves. Right. <laughs> right. Well. And we're worried about safety okay yeah well public safety you know you mean the guy that got busted for uh driving around drinking uh Uh, that guy that guy yeah okay just checking yeah so Uh, not to be like a a buzzkill here yeah bro i want to know what the next steps are in this petition thing right like this is a big deal because i I don't want this to to fail right and you said uh national groups normal is one of them we talked about the marijuana whatever yeah lots of them the next step is for all of you out there who've downloaded a petition and got some signatures even if it's only five all of you out there who've asked who've emailed in and i've mailed you a petition pack all of you out there in the regions and the volunteers that have gotten your petition signed get them notarized and get them mailed in to boise hemp world 6928 west state street boise idaho 83714 because the next step is securing these five and six figure donations we need to get the paid signature drive that puts us over the top. And it'll be an easier sell if I can go to them and say, hey, I already got 30,000 of your signatures. Right now, I can only say I've only got 15,000 of your signatures. That's how many I've got sitting in boxes already notarized. Now, I got a bunch more that aren't yet notarized. I haven't counted them. And there are a bunch more out there in the in the cities and, and the regions around here. But until I have them in front of me, I can't go to a donor and say, Right. This is what we got. Right. And you said your 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 dad is a notary, so they can yeah. walk into the, the hemp shop and sign up, and they're notarized or ready to We're go. We're going to have them come down every Friday okay. uh, for doing notarization and, and uh, organization there, for sure. And if you're looking for a place to sign, go up to idahocan.co. Uh, you can uh, uh, look on our calendar there. You can email us at idahocannabiscoalition at gmail.com. You can call us at 844-IDAHO-20. 844-IDAHO-20, 432-4620, I believe that awesome spells. Well awesome. Uh, impressive. Uh, how many packets do you think you've sent out into the world, like petition packets? Okay, like, so every petition packet has five petitions in it, which is 20 signatures, so it's 100 per packet, and I've mailed out uh, 30, 40 of these things. Okay. Yeah. So another, like I say, three, 4,000 signatures right there of just individuals that right. I've mailed to. Yeah. Right. Wow. And then I, I can't tell you how many people have downloaded it and printed it. I have oh, yeah, no idea. Right. That's awesome. Good. Well, uh, all those listening out there, uh, if you've got the time Talk and to your um, friends, inclination to help, spread please, awareness. please do. Uh, yeah. Again, we're talking about medical marijuana, not even recreational. I mean, this this is for people. And, and, and this is just to put Russ it on about his dad, like Russ said. You know, we've talked about other other cases of people that just were hurting and they need this stuff. Yeah. And for them to have to drive or feel like, they're heathens because they they, they wanted yeah it's to, one thing if and, and it, there's a lot of debate between rec, what is recreational what is right. medical and so forth and it's interesting as i've been collecting signatures the only hesitation i've gotten from people has been this is for medical right what? and the emphasis on medical right like yeah. they, they don't want to sign a recreational so i think it's an easy thing to understand that if if you just are like 
bored and want to have a good time and are driving to Ontario and taking the risk. That's one thing. But when you're in severe pain and you're forced Yep. To take the risk, yes. right? The person who's choosing to take the risk is a little different than the person who, like, all right, because you live in Idaho, you need to suffer or risk a felony. Right. That's ridiculous. It is but, ridiculous. Well, we can't treat our fellow, you know, our neighbor like that, right? Like, that's, that, you're turning your back on your own people, right? Like, as a, I mean, state of Idaho's got to got to recognize you can't I, do that. I do think it's going to come down to finances. Yeah. I think that when they see does. that it's a million dollars that they're losing in tax revenue, mm-hmm. blink of an eye. I can't see how that fight is. It's going to change. Yeah. Same thing with Lake County. All these counties. They're losing so much money to the borders. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think it's going to come down to finances. It's not going to. It's not. It, it always does, right? It's, it's always. It's uh, always going to come down to money talks, man. Yeah, and that's and that's what it takes to get something on the ballot. Uh, you know, this isn't South Dakota where they only right. needed sixteen thousand signatures to get on the ballot. We need fifty five thousand, and and fifty five thousand really means about eighty or ninety thousand because some of them, you know, people think they're registered, but they right. moved or it changed or they couldn't read the right. address or. Well, and again, it's hard for you because, again, it is such a rural state. I mean, the, the yeah, populace, yeah. we got, what, 600, 700,000 people in the valley here, and then you got Lake County, but everything else is just, they're small cities. They <laughs> just are. We, we went on our tour, and we went to every county in Idaho, and it was very uh, illuminating. We went to uh, Lewis County and the city of Nez Perce, yep. which is interesting because Nez Perce County has the city of Lewiston. Yeah. They had a swap, but anyway. Yeah. Uh, so we were in Nez Perce, and... <laughs> It's like the, we call them a no stoplight town, right? Right. And and we're at at what you could call the main road. Main road. <laughs> and out there on the main road, there's a sign. It's a white sign with black letters, and it says the store, <laughs> not like Bob's store nope. or <laughs> or grocery market. Just the store, because in Nesper's. That's all you'd need to know where yep. you're headed, the store. It's not like there's many of them. No, no, you <laughs> and it was one. the most generic looking sign. So I'll, I'll always remember that about Nez Perce. Uh, uh, there was a lot of interesting things to learn in Idaho, headed to uh, 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 Rexburg, where the TV was invented, mm-hmm. television invented in Rexburg. Went to Montpelier, where uh, Bu- uh, uh, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid robbed a bank. Yeah. All sorts of little Idaho factoids that I learned. Yeah. Right, wasn't Arco like the first nuclear city? First uh, city uh, powered uh, by atomic, atomic power. Yeah, yeah. there you go. Did an install in Montpelier. Yeah, you did. Yep. Yeah, we've uh, seen uh, all of this state Lava as Hot well. Springs was where the fam would uh, go for the winter, like a long weekend. Yeah, and then the he cruised out to Preston maybe and hang out there for a little bit, yeah. Napoleon <laughs> yeah. Dynamite country. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Um, what else you got, Jay? Nothing. I think this has been great. Uh, thank you so much for taking the time. Of course. Yeah, anything yeah. else? If this? we can help in any way. Yeah. Yeah, you know. Um, We'll follow even try to online. do another follow. Yeah, we will. And, Idaho uh, can Idaho C A N N because if Utah can do it, yeah, that's Idaho what I always can. said. If Utah can, then we should be able to do I, I really it. I really believe well. that anything that's legal in Utah ought to be legal nationwide. I couldn't if agree Utah more. Utah can handle it. That's abs- that's <laughs> the bare minimum. Bare that mystic. is the baseline. Right? No question. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Peace out. and out.